Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Hey, why don't you take your seats? Amazing. Now we get the honour and the privilege of hearing from two of our young people. So, Miss T. Evans, come on up here, my friend. I know I just said your name, but what's your name? My name's Tiana. Hello, Tiana. Lovely to meet you. And Tiana, what year level are you in? Year 11. That's such a crazy story. And Tiana, um, what do you like to do when you are not doing homework or at school? Well, that's most of the time, but... um, We love school. Probably sport. Slay, go off. Okay, sport. All right. If you feel comfortable, one, you reach out your hands. Let's just pray for T before she speaks. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for T. We thank you for the message that she has placed on her heart. And Lord, we pray against any fear, any anxiousness to go in the name of Jesus. And would you just communicate so clearly through her, for she is your vessel. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Just before we start, how good is our band, our youth band? Um, so I have the privilege to share um, a bit with you guys this morning. To start off, let me tell you a story of when I was younger. So I'm sure a lot of you here have older siblings just like I do. And as we do, we like to copy and follow a lot of the moves they make as we're growing up because we look up to them. So I have older brothers, right? Boys. And what do boys do when they're like out and about and need to like take a leak when, you know, <laughs> there's no toilet down, you know, they find a tree, a fence or anything. Um, that they can find. Um, So yeah, there I was, probably about two years old, out and about, and thought, what the heck, let's give this a shot. So my mum was laughing so hard when she found me with my nappy down, leaning into the fence in our backyard, just like my brothers were doing. You guys can probably imagine how unsuccessful this would have been. It was very... (laughs) If you guys haven't already worked it out today, I'll be talking about comparison. And who here knows it is very easy to compare yourself? Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm almost certain that everyone in this room today compares most days. Comparison, like it doesn't, it's not just for like everyone, no matter what age you are, everyone does it. And it is something, It doesn't have to be a massive comparison. It can be as little as that story I just told you or when you like someone else's shoes or what someone else is wearing or anything like that. So this is something that I've been struggling with a lot recently. Well, for me, it has been comparing my looks to others and what's on the outside. Um, But you can compare it in many other ways, like money-wise or, I don't know, anything. I decided to share this with you all today because I thought by being vulnerable and honest, I may be able to help others as well as make myself accountable to you all. So these past three few years have literally been a nightmare for me because I would, and I still do sometimes, come home from school, I'd go straight up to my room, shut my door and look at myself in the mirror for hours, not get anything done. And I would just criticise every little thing about myself and just not think I was good enough. And even when I walked past any sort of reflection, window, anything that I could see myself in, it would just mean I criticised myself even further. 
if I'm going to be honest, I've actually wasted a lot of my life and time because of this, and it's not fun or healthy at all. I've only criticised myself and haven't actually thanked God for everything that he has provided me with and blessed me with in my life, such as family, this church, friends, food on my plate every meal, a house, a roof over my head, etc. I actually think social media for the younger generation is hugely responsible for comparison as it has given us such an easy way to constantly compare ourselves to people all over the world. I spend so much time just scrolling through Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Reels, everything. And this just opens up the gate to more comparing because I see these perfect images of people who look so stunning and it just makes me feel so worthless. Like there's no point comparing yourself to that because it's simply not real. We need to remember that everything you see on social media is not real. Most of it, at least. Like seriously, do you think the people you think are so, so perfect and so stunning don't wake up with messy hair or get pimples like we do? For me, as I've been talking about, it's social media. But maybe you compare yourself to people at work, to how they dress or the type of car they drive, or maybe the promotion they got that you didn't. Maybe it's your friends and comparing your life and the things in your life to their life and what they have. You might be surprised, but the Bible is actually filled with comparison and people who are filled with jealousy. One of the stories in the Bible that is filled with this is Joseph. Who here knows the story of Joseph? Yep, most of us here. (laughs) Um, Here's a summary in my own words of what happened in this story. So pretty much Joseph grew up with 11 brothers and he had always managed to be Jacob, his father's favourite. He even got a colourful cloak from his his dad that none of his brothers did. After all this, Joseph's brothers started comparing themselves to him because he was getting the most attention out of them all. And this caused a lot of jealousy to begin. His brothers ended up selling him into slavery because they were that jealous. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I compare myself, like Joseph's brothers, I get beyond jealous. And in Genesis 37, 3 verse 4, it shows us this and it says, Now Israel, which is Jacob's other name, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he had made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, he hated him. they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Usually when we read the story, this story, we focus on Joseph. But tonight, today I want to focus on his brothers. Because it can be so easy. It can become so easy to be like the brothers and compare yourself. But God has created each and every single one of us in our own and unique way. He has a specific calling just for you, just for me, just for every single one of us. How can that purpose be fulfilled if you're trying to fulfill someone else's? How can that purpose be fulfilled if you're trying to fulfill someone else's? 
Let's not be like the brothers and let our comparison get to a point that it turns into jealousy. Let's be people who can admire traits and qualities about others without it turning into jealousy. There is a famous saying that comparison is the thief of joy. And in John 10.10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Every time you compare yourself, something is being stolen, killed, and destroyed. Whether it be your confidence, your happiness, your joy, your value, or your worth. Have you ever thought about the fact that when you can make a comparison between yourself and someone else, you will either end up feeling jealous or boastful? Jealous being you're not as, you don't think you're as good as someone, or boastful being you think you're better than them. Neither of these are how God intended on us living. In 1 Corinthians, we read about love, and chapter 13, verse 4 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. The question that I'm going to leave you with today is, do you really want to live your life comparing yourself and feeling inadequate when you could actually be making the most of what you do have and living your life to the fullest? Let me say that one more time. Do you really want to live your life comparing yourself and feeling inadequate when you could actually be making the most of what you do have and living your life to the fullest? Thank you. Thank you, T. That was amazing. All right, I'm going to invite uh, the man who shall not be named because he's about... Oh, you party pooper. Uh, what is your name? You ruined it. I'm Josh. Let's go, Josh. Woo! And uh, Josh, what you love for? Are you in at school? Uh, I love to play a bit of sport, a bit of track and tennis. Track is new, but I love tennis the most. Okay, amazing. And what year level are you in? I'm in year 11. Incredible. BHCS. Yes. Yes. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Josh. We thank you for the word that you have placed on his heart. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just come and speak so clearly through him. And we pray that his message would transform hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's make him feel welcome. Okay. Well, good morning, church. Um, I hope, I trust we're all doing well. Um, Can I just say that I feel very happy to be up here um, and sharing a small but impactful message uh, that God has had on my heart for a little while now. Um, It's been brewing and I finally have an opportunity to share it with you all. Um, But I am feeling a little bit nervous, so um, if we could all just close our eyes, I'd like to pray again. Prayers never hurt anybody. Dear Lord, uh, I thank you for this opportunity. I just pray that all the feelings inside of my head right now, that they would fall to the ground, that the words from you would flow out of my mouth and anything that is not of you, that would, it would just fall down to the ground, that it would not pierce the hearts of the people in this room and the Holy Spirit would work in this room today. Amen. Amen. The title of this is Just the Cross. And yes, it is taken from... Uh, a specific song. It marks the greatest and worst event in the history um, of this earth, the cross. But the words greatest and worst, bad and good, is what I want to highlight quickly. See, anything 
from a different perspective can either be seen as good or bad. Either the death of a perfect man or um, the salvation of all the earth. There's a good illustration of this uh, by the man named Edward Norton Lorenz. When a butterfly flutters its wings in one part of the world, it can eventually cause a hurricane in another. Basically, what this means is that every single action that we take, every single thought that we have, will have flow-on effects, and eventually it can turn into something completely different. This idea of flow-on effects and perspective of good and bad are tightly linked. In another way, if I broke my leg, you might say that that is a bad thing. But if that means that I am then moving slowly at school on my crutches and I have to take extra time getting from class to class, but I tend to, well, then I notice somebody in distress because of that extra time that I'm taking. And because of their distress, I go and help them and I share the good news with them, then you might actually say that me breaking my leg was a good thing, that it was a worthy sacrifice. See, this flow-on effects from one event, you never really know what's good and bad. The moral of the story is that we just don't know. And to quote Katie, life is lived forwards and understood backwards. Found that in the depths of my notes. <laughs> this idea doesn't make everything bad. No, no, no. On the contrary, it gives the license that anything that is not good can still result into something that is good for us. When we focus our eyes towards the cross and focus on that of what it represents, God gives us what is truly good for us and not what is good in the moment. For the enemy gives us what we want, but God gives us what we need. This is the difference between our discernment versus God's discernment. Every single person in this room has experienced the result of their own discernment. It doesn't always work out the way we want it. And while we think a result is good for us, it turns out to be awful in the long run. I can think of an easy example from the Israelites in the book of Numbers. The thing about the Israelites is that it's so easy to see ourselves in them and all their mistakes. The story is about how God had commanded Moses to send uh, one leader from each of the tribe to scout out the promised land. But what happens in this story is 10 of the 12 lose their faith. They start to act on their own discernment and they look at the promised land that they had been waiting for so long that it had been prophesied into their people and they said it was too much for them to overcome. What happened was the Israelites took their eyes off of God and they began to use their own discernment and they were full of fear. Peter, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, walked on water, but when he took his eyes off of God, he became fearful and sank. He literally walked on water. He had enough faith to walk on water, but as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked around and saw the waves and he saw the wind and he could feel the the rain on his skin, he became fearful and he sank. How many times have we taken our eyes away from God just when the waves are at their highest? 
when the wind is hallowing and the rain is pounding, it says in Matthew 14 that Peter was terrified. But Jesus calls us and says, do not fear for I am with you. What we need to do in our lives is what Peter and the Israelites needed to do also. It was to keep our eyes on God and it was to keep our eyes on just the cross and what it represents for us. If I could, I would love to uh, link this very idea for eyes for God to what it says in Matthew 7 about a narrow path and a narrow gate of life. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Those in this room that have ever tried to drive a car faster than it's meant to be, you would know the difference between going 100 kilometers on a highway, an open freeway, and going 50 kilometers on a windy, narrow road. It's dark, it's windy, you have animals going left, right, center, and it's foggy. See, on this path to life, you have more things to crash into and more things to bring you down. It can, be fear, it can provoke fear in you and it forces you to stay on guard. Truth be told, you feel like you're going just as fast as everybody else that's on that highway, but do not be surprised when people start to overtake you. Because of the parameters that you have, they will cut the corners that you say, I cannot cut because of my faith. The most difficult part of this path to life that we travel on is the giving up of human desires. See, feelings are direct and measurable. Everybody in this room cannot dispute the feeling of love, hatred, jealousy, all of the above. But God, well, that's not so easy for people to believe in. How can we measure God? It can be so hard to give up things that we know to have value for a God that we can't measure or comprehend. It can become very, very tempting to just follow the people around us, join the highway, which is why it's important to have a good few Christians that can help us center our faith and is the importance of church. However, the question can always become, why not? Why not just follow the crowd? It can become so much easier and nicer to drive on a wide open highway. But the thing is that God made it so that we would need him because he loves to help us. He doesn't love it when we fall, but all of heaven rejoices when we rise. It's in our weakness that God's power is made perfect. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. This is using God's discernment instead of ours, trusting that the flow-on effects will be good for us in the long run. But how do we stay on this path? It's with eyes for God. It's with eyes for just the cross. Of course, this way of life is never easy. And many times we will have to turn to God. 
This entire message is meant to be an encouragement to every believer to just keep looking to what the cross represents and to continue to turn to God, stay on the narrow path even when we fall. To finish, I want to leave you with something. I know that turning to God isn't a physical response, but if I could use that imagery, I'd like you to picture this. My personal goal for each and every day that I want to share with you is that I will never have to turn to God because I'll already be looking at him. As I walk through the bends and the hills of the, valley of lo- or the valleys of life, if my body is postured towards God, then I will make it through the narrow gates. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. Hey, why don't you keep that round of applause going for Josh and T. That was amazing, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, no, keep that here, buddy. Keep that here, buddy. Thanks, mate. You're a champ. You know, just, just the cross is enough. It is enough. And just like Josh was saying, you know, we, we can go down the narrow path or we have the wide path. And the narrow path may not be easy, but boys are going to be worth it. And you may look to the people next to you and see that, oh, they're going a bit faster than me and they're getting all these things that I'm not. But just like T was saying, let's not compare ourselves to the point where it turns into jealousy. But let's champion each other and say, yeah, that's great what you're doing. Um, One day I'm going to get there too. And, you know, I can confidently probably stand here and say that I don't know where I would be without Jesus. And I don't think I would be standing here today if it wasn't for Jesus. Now, when... um, I was a teenager. I used to always look up at the preachers and be like, oh my gosh, they're so cool. Like, oh my gosh, they have like a super extra anointing that I don't have. Oh my gosh, they have this like extra special connection to God that I don't get. Oh oh my gosh, they get all of these extra blessings that I don't get. Now, in my very short time of leading Roseanne Youth, I have learned that is really, really not true. And what I've learned is that I am no different to you. I don't have a special anointing. I don't have an extra special way of connecting to God. Just because I run a youth ministry and work at the church a day a week doesn't make me superior. No. We are the same in our capabilities, in our worth, in our value. We are the same. The thing that is different about us is our purposes and our gifts. For God has created us for different purposes and with different gifts. And in 1 Corinthians 12, we have Paul, big boy Paul. And uh, he, he goes through and he asks a bunch of rhetorical questions, okay? Like so. He says, 
if the foot says, because I am not the hand, I don't belong to the body, and the ear says, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, then he asks this, where would the body be? For we all make up one body of Christ. You each have your own function. You each have your own role to play in the body of Christ. Then, you know, there was one day, it was probably like, I'm going to guess roughly, let's say two years ago, where uh, something just clicked. Or I just got something. It just made sense. I understood that God, like like God, the creator of the universe, the, the God that puts breath in our lungs, the one who took a formless earth, spoke over it and made this beautiful creation, that God loved us, loved you, loved me so much that he sent down his one and only son to die for you and for me so that we may not perish, but so that we may have eternal life. When I got that, when I understood that there is literally no work that I can do for God to make, to make God love me more. There is no sin I can commit for God to make him love me less. There is nothing I can do to separate myself from God. There is nowhere I can go where God will not find me, where he will not hunt me down for he leaves the 99 to come and to find you. When I got that, gosh, did everything change. And I found myself in awe. I found myself just in awe of this God of who am I, a sinner, a lost, a broken person, an undeserving person, and yet you do that for me? When I got that, there was no other response I could have but yes. There was no other response I could have but yes, Lord. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where you go for I know it's going to be greater than anything I could ever imagine. And let me tell you the craziest thing about this story. Literally four weeks later, not five, four, I was being asked if I wanted to take over Resound Youth in 2022. Now, I don't tell you this story because it's nice or because it's like, woohoo, go me. No, I tell you this story to show that I am no different to you. Just because I run a youth ministry and just because I work at a church a day a week doesn't mean I have some extra anointing, doesn't mean I have some extra blessing. No, I am no different to you. Simply, I said yes. I said yes to what God had for me. I said yes. And you know, the thing about yes is that it's so simple, yet I think we actually make it really complicated. We're like, yes, God, you can have this, but ooh, don't worry, I've already figured that all out, it's fine. Or yes, God, you can have this, but oh, no, that's actually, that's actually okay, don't worry about that. 
You know, in Matthew 5, it talks about um, your yes being yes and your no being no, and not to make a promise on anything, not to vow on any contingencies, but you let your yes be yes, and you let your no be no. Now, I simply said yes. And you know, recently I've been um, watching The Chosen. Has anyone else seen The Chosen with me? Yes, I loved it. Gosh, I've never cried so much in a thing, you know? Okay, I thought that Toy Story 3, right, was the most I would ever cry in a movie or a TV show. I mean, come on. Has anyone seen Toy Story 3? Like the part where Buzz and Woody and Jesse are sliding down into the uh, incinerator and you're like, oh my gosh, they can't die. And there's this moment where they just look at each other. They're like, let's go. We're about to die, but let's go. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, Mom, bring the tissues. And then when the the, the claw comes over and the alien's like, the claw, and they pick up them and they drop them to safety. You're like, oh, my gosh, yes. Gosh, I never cried so much. I never think I would cry so much in anything I ever watched until I watched The Chosen. Gosh, and I wail like a baby. No, I don't know what it was. They put something extra special. Actually, it was probably Jesus, let's be real. They put something extra special in it. But gosh, I never cried so much. But if you've seen The Chosen, uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, uh, basically it's a TV show that depicts the life of Jesus. So it goes through Jesus' ministry, his time on earth, and it goes through the Gospels. And basically there's this scene in season one and uh, they're, they're showing Simon fishing. And they show Simon fishing all night. He's casting out his nets. He's trying to reel them in. And every time he reels them in, nothing. The sea is dry. The sea is dead. The sea is barren. Like when we say there are no fish, there are no fish, right? Now in the morning, Simon's like, stuff this. I'm done. And so he... What do you call that? Paddle. (laughs) He paddles his boats in to shore. And he sees Jesus teaching on the shore. And so Jesus turns around to him and is like, oh, man. Cast out your net again. And Simon's like, huh? He's like, man, I don't know who you are, but I have literally been fishing all night. And you want me to go again and cast out my net? And Jesus is like, yep. And so Simon had two choices here. He could have easily turned around to Jesus and been like, Mans, I don't know where you're from, but you were a crazy person. Uh, that's a waste of my time. And if I look back and see history, then me casting out my net again is not going to do anything good for me. So, uh, no. Now we see that Simon doesn't, do that. Simon goes out, he says yes, and he's obedient. And so he casts out his net again. And what we see in his act of obedience is that he collects an abundance of fish. Now, I think this is such a key lesson to learn that on the other side of your obedience is abundance. On the other side of your yes is an abundance For Simon could have easily said, no, Jesus, nah, that's too hard. Just like Josh was saying, no, that path, that's not for me. That's not how I'm going to do this. But no, he said yes. 
And in his act of obedience, there was an abundance. And I can stand here confidently and say that I have lived in this abundance, that I have lived in the goodness of God, but not because I run a youth ministry and not because I work at the church a day a week, not because I have some extra super anointing, not because I have some extra special way of connecting to God. No, because I said yes. And I believe that there are people here today who also need to say yes. Who need to say yes, Lord. I'm going to follow you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you. And God, right now, that does not make any sense at all. Right now, Lord, that is illogical. But let me tell you, on the other side of obedience is abundance. The band can come up. We all have our own gifts. We all have our own purpose. We all have our own functions. Now, I found my role. I found my purpose, and it happened to be this. But my question to you today is, what role are you playing in this body of Christ? What function do you have? What gifts do you have? Where God is saying, come on, I've given that to you. I've blessed that to you. Will you just say yes? Would you be obedient and follow me? And I believe that we, we should be a church where we live in obedience to God. For on the other side of obedience is abundance. There's an abundance of life. There's an abundance of joy. There's abundance of peace. There's an abundance of finances. And what I love about Simon's story is that Jesus didn't just give him enough to sustain him. Jesus didn't give him enough to just get him through. He gave him an abundance. More than he could ever need. And so this morning, if you're here and you're like, yeah, I want to be obedient. Yeah, I want to say yes then I want to give you that opportunity. So would you stand with me this morning? And with every eye closed and head bowed, this isn't anything super spiritual that we do. You know, it's just for privacy because this is a moment between you and between God. I'm not going to make you come up the front. I'm not going to make you jump up and down like a crazy person. I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand. An acknowledgement of, yeah, God, I want to be obedient. Yeah, God, I want to say yes. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, 
I want to give you that opportunity. If that's you, would you raise your hand in three, two, one? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. There's hands going up. If that's you, if you want to say yes, if you want to be obedient, an acknowledgement of raising your hand of yes, God. Amazing. Thank you. You can put your hands down. God, we just thank you, Lord. God, we thank you that first we have the opportunity to freely worship you in this place. And God, we thank you that you have a plan for us. For I know your plan, says the Lord. Plans to not prosper you, not to harm you. But plans to give you a hope and a future. You know the plans that you have for us. You have prepared good works before us. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for the people in this place who have said yes. For the people in this place who have been obedient, Lord. Would you take that, Jesus? Would you present opportunities before them? God, would you close doors that are not from you? And would you open doors wide open for us to walk through? And God, you are so worthy. Lord, if you sent your one and only son down to die for us. And we are undeserving. But it is through your grace and through your works that we are saved. And so for that, Lord, we stand in awe of you today. For that, Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Jesus, for what other response could we have? And in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.